Y'all ready for this? You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Lido. Hello, welcome to Lead Him to Life. I am super excited to have my friend Arianne with me today. Okay, Arianne, you and I knew each other um, like a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, met through when you were doing some work for the diet for the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. And then we went to Poland together. Heck yeah. And now I feel like I'm a fangirl of you on Instagram. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like the love is mutual. It's is the love mutual? mutual. Okay, Absolutely. great. Okay, good. That's kind of what I thought, but I didn't want to like, you know, expect assume. too much or something, assume too much, you know? Um, but I am so excited that you took some time to come be with us this morning. First of all, can you just tell our audience a little bit about who you are? Tell me all the things. Absolutely. So my name is Arian Dennison. Um, I am 24 years old. I've lived in our Sioux Falls Diocese for my entire life. Um, I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska for just one year with a job, and now I'm back in our diocese. What did you do in Lincoln? Focus. Oh, I didn't. Oh, Catholic yeah, yeah, yeah. University okay. students. Yep. 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 So I Got was it. at UNL for a year. So GBR. you're a missionary. Yep. Go, girl. Um, and now I am married and have a little boy who just turned a year old last month. Who is so. like so cute, by the way. Can I mean, we just I can we so just too. take a moment and celebrate <laughs> that? I mean, I know moms are usually biased, but Absolutely. I will tell you too. Like he is a cute little kid. He looks just like his dad, although you're stunningly beautiful. So he'd be <laughs> darling if he looked like you. But Thank he is you. so so cute. Okay, so. Um, I feel like one of the ways that we've continued, like I said earlier, the ways that we've kind of continued to like keep in touch or whatever is actually through Instagram. So (laughs) I want to talk about social media a little bit later. Um, But one of the things that I love that you talk about on social media, on your on your Instagram page, and I think a little bit on your Facebook page as well, um, you share a lot about marriage and and new motherhood and just kind of like your experience of new motherhood. So I want to really kind of unpack some of um, your heart today, just ab- about some of those things. So first of all, I'm very curious. Um, I feel like you're super passionate about your marriage. I, you've actually said that to me before. Like, it's just, that's kind of where my passion lies. Where, where does that come from for you? Um, it's a good question. Uh, my husband and I were actually just talking about this the other night as we were reflecting on it. And it's nuts because I feel like it comes from so many different areas, but the point that we can go back to kind of pinpoint it for both of us is in college um, and learning about JP2, Pope St. John Paul II, and just his readings. Um, But ultimately, it stems down to when we both had our conversions in college and decided that our entire lives, what we're going to fight for is to get to heaven and to be saints and to be saints with our family. Did you experience that together? Like, did you go through that journey together or did you meet after, like you were a pagan and then you became holy (laughs) and then you met the man of your dreams or were you both pagans and then you both became holy? How'd that work? Right. So we met at the University of South Dakota, but Casson actually went to SDSU. Um, And we met at the Newman Center when he was in law school. Okay. And so we both kind of started our conversions when we were at separate schools. But then when we were kind of in our like honeymoon phase of getting back into the faith and just super on fire is kind of when we met. Um, And then we got to run together. Oh, cool. That's pretty awesome. Because I feel like sometimes it can be difficult, like 
uh, to, to change directions. I know mm-hmm. a lot of couples that do it. I have a great, uh, friends actually that they both kind of came in in that place and then, um, had this profound experience and they dated before, during, and after that process. Nuts. That's nuts. Yeah, it is kind of so nuts cool. and, and like live to tell the tale, you know, cause it's really hard. Like when mm-hmm. you have habits that are built into your relationship or whatever, and then you kind of say, wait a second, I have a different vision for life now mm-hmm. and I need to kind of readdress what that looks like. So, okay. So while other people were like doing whatever in college, you were like falling in love with God and then fell in love with Cassin mm-hmm. and, and then got married. Right. Yes. Okay. And then when were, did you guys get pregnant right away? Yes. Okay. Honeymoon baby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was Claire for us too. We can, okay. We need like a whole nother podcast about honeymoon babies <laughs> because there's so many good, good, beautiful things about that. Yes. Um, okay. So one of the other things that I see is you're passionate about it, but you also really are really intentional with it. So what are some ways, like what are some ways that you and your husband, Cassin, really invest in your marriage, especially after having after having a son, after after introducing children to your into your family? Because that's like a whole different thing, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you invest in your marriage? Um, something that was huge for us, especially after Cass and Peter was born, we actually, I'm pretty sure got from you. It was an idea of that you and Matt did, the dating through the alphabet. Oh, I'm so honored. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dating yeah. through the outfit's the best thing ever. Okay. Yep. So fun. So we decided to start doing a weekly yeah. date night when I got pregnant, just because with him working full time and me working full time, um, we still spent time together every single night, but it wasn't necessarily intentional. Mm-hmm. And so deciding to put one week, one day a week mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. where this is our date night, something mm-hmm. to look forward to and be intentional with was super fun. Um, and then alphabet dating just gave it like a fun spin to it. Something yeah. you could look forward to every so week. So does he plan it every week or or how does that work? We take turns. You take turns. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Like a favorite? Well, a favorite um, A favorite date that you guys have done since dating through the alphabet? That's a really good question. I honestly, the first thing that popped into my head was our first date night. Um, just because I wasn't expecting it. And a big thing we went back and forth with when talking about the alphabet dating is he thought it was really cheesy, but he wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. Oh, funny. Yeah. But before that, whenever we would have a date night, we'd kind of like bicker back and forth. No, you choose. No, you choose. Mm. Like, what are we even going to do? Let's just. Which almost like makes it more stressful and kind of takes the fun away. That's a real, that's a real thing. When you don't know what to do, it's, it's like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to be. Yeah. It's like, whatever. This is way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one, the letter A, Mm -hmm. and he got home from work and said, okay, we are going to do anything you want to do. And I was just kind of That's like... That's the worst. You're so lame. <laughs> Sorry, Cassin. No. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he goes, no, no, no. Let me explain. Like, he okay. was just trying to be funny. And he said, okay. we're going to... Oh, I think it was anything you want to do, anywhere you want to go. Okay. Anywhere you want to go. Because then he said, we're going to get in the car... And every three stops or something like that, you have to choose left or right. And we're going to drive for 30 minutes. And when we see where we end up, when, yep. When the 30 minutes are Where'd gone, you end up in the middle of nowhere in the country. And we watched the sunset. It was so cute. Stop. It was perfect. Oh, that's anywhere you want to go. Yeah. And oh, so it was our amazing. first one. And yeah. he actually thought about it and like totally like poked fun at me about it at first. And then, yeah. Also for the record, that's free. I think like, yeah. I, honestly, like I think for us, that's been one of the difficult things is like we're on a budget, you know? Mm-hmm. And so how do we um, take that time to get away? Especially if you need to hire a babysitter, we're, we're super blessed that we have some family and, and friends that are willing to help us out in that regard. But you know, there's times where we hire a babysitter and it's like, 
okay, so a babysitter plus a dinner out plus a movie. It's like, okay, there's 200 bucks gone, you know, really quick. So 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 I love that example because, yeah, it doesn't require. Have I told you about my worst date ever? Mm, I don't think so. Have I ever told you this? So my husband and I started dating through the alphabet and we were on B for bowling. Uh, First of all, let me just say bowling is like a terrible date. It's just not even fun because when you're only bowling with two people, you go back and forth so quickly that you don't actually have time to like talk to each other. Interact. So I think we joked about like watching each other's butts to just try and flirt a little bit and yep. like make starts it fun. B. It starts with B. Butts, hey. There you go. Um, and, and so we went bowling and, but before we even left, we cracked our windshield on the way out of our no. garage and Matt was getting out his, um, I think he has like bowling shoes or something. <laughs> I don't know what he has. I think it's bowling shoes. He was getting them out from the attic because we obviously like have not ever gone bowling since he was in high school. Um, and the thing from the ceiling dropped, cracked our windshield. And I, as I'm sitting there from the very, very top to the very bottom corner and we're like, okay, you know what? Like we're going to try and rally. It's going to be okay. So we went to the first bowling alley and apparently on Tuesday nights there's bowling league. Again, we don't bowl, so we didn't know this. No idea. Got there. It's like a five-hour wait. So we said, okay, (laughs) just kidding. You know, we're not going to go there. We're going to go to the next place. Anyways, it just was like one thing after the next. It ended with like a really kind of a hard conversation. It was in the dead of winter about like seasonal depression and just both kind of struggling. And then we got home and our toddler was puking. And, and I just remember laying in bed that night being like, okay, why are we doing this? Like we connect every day. Like we try and send each other messages or emails throughout the day to just find connection points. We talk every single night. We have coffee every morning. Why do we need to do this? And it just kind of struck me like we don't, but we're actually building the habits now Mm. for when the season changes, you know, we're actually building these, these, um, yeah, these habits within ourselves and within our marriage so that when things do get harder, when we come upon a season of marriage where we're really struggling or not seeing eye to eye or something like that, that those things are in place yeah. for us, you know? The so, goosebumps. So good. Oh, yeah. So important. Yeah. And I feel like dating through the alphabet has kind of like, it gave us that purpose to do that mm-hmm. and also to like give us new experiences. Like, don't you think that having a new experience, you kind of like see him in a new way yes, and vice so versa? Fun. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Okay. So um, I feel like one of the, okay, actually, before I go on, one of the things that I struggle with a little bit, and I'm really curious how you combat this, is you and I are kind of both in the young married couple stage. Yes. Um, and I think we're both really passionate about marriage and just kind of speaking about marriage. But sometimes I feel like I'm too, I'm too new in marriage to really have anything to say or... Uh, people, people are going to say, oh, you know, just wait until you've been married 20 years and then you can, you know, preach about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious, how do you kind of combat that? Because like I said, I know you're really, you're really open and intentional about, um, yeah, just about being kind of a witness, a witness to married life. So how do you combat that fear? Yeah, that's a hard question because it's so real, just feeling inadequate or just not experienced Mm -hmm. or having Mm -hmm. a lot of wisdom in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like that's a struggle. You know, it's a fear for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you experience that? Yeah, I totally experience it. Um, Something I found a lot of almost consolation in is, especially when I was a focus missionary on a focus campus, is that so many of the women and the men that I got to know have know a lot of older couples, you know, have their parents, see their parents, but to see young Catholic adults living out their marriage in an intentional way, 
was one of the most humbling things that we had conversations about because they said, um, instead of going out somewhere, doing something, they almost would rather like come into our home and just an ex- experience how we live out a day to day life. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely have a fear in it of talking to people who've been married longer or people who maybe were married in the past or are no longer married. But it's been so neat to see my friends and then people like you and Matt live out your marriage very intentionally. And the way that that affects people who are not even married yet mm-hmm. has been really eye opening and cool to me mm-hmm. um, and helped me realize that that fear is a lie, that we do still have things to give because in our struggle of still trying to figure it out right. and have no idea, idea where we're going, yeah. um, they know that their relationships either now or in the future don't have to be perfect yeah. and they can still succeed, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have marriage mentors? Like, do you have people that you... Cause I think that's, that for me has been really like a crucial thing. Like even just both of, uh, quite frankly, my husband's parents and my parents, I think have really, we're, we're blessed in that way that we just have those, those witnesses around us. But I think that's such a game changer, you yeah. know, when you have those people that you can kind of look to. Um, and I think sometimes we're almost afraid to like name that mm-hmm. because it maybe points to the fact that I don't have all the answers. The fact that I want to look to other people, um, to be an example and to be a source of encouragement and that kind of thing. But it's, it's like such a game changer Yes, for us. So you know? I absolutely, that's something we are really desiring now as we just moved to a new town. Yeah. Um, but again, with me in focus, we've been very, very blessed to have other couples on my team. Um, our team at the university of Nebraska Lincoln was 10 full-time missionaries and every single man on that man on that team was married. Mm, and so yeah. we had by the end of the year, five, couples who were very different, all married, all desiring to run towards the Lord. And those are people we don't talk to very often anymore. Um, very often too. We don't talk to very often I'm with you. anymore. I'm with you. This is a place of butchering words and it's I'm totally good. fine with that. So good. Um, but we refer back to ways that we saw them living out their lives mm-hmm. all of the time in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's been really neat. And yeah. something that I desire so much is to yeah. have those mentors. Yeah. So I absolutely see where you're So if you're from. an older couple listening to this and you've been married several years, <laughs> we up. need you. We would love, you know, I think it, it does. Like it makes such a, such a difference to have that witness. I think of a, a couple, she was my my uh, elementary school principal and I still see her and her husband, you know, all over in the community and they're just like always arm in arm, you know, they're (gasps) probably, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and do something really dangerous. (laughs) I'm going to guess their age. I would say like mid to late Mm sixties and it's so attractive to me to just see them and like they laugh together and and sometimes I see her reeling him in because he's like a total character you know um but I just yeah there's just something really attractive about that and so encouraging so yeah if you're if you're listening to this and you're in that like later stage of life we just so so need you and that applies to motherhood too a parenthood um I I think for I mean for me I don't I'd be curious to know for you like the benefit of having other moms surrounding you, mm-hmm. other parents surrounding you, because it can be a lonely, I can't, parenthood can be a lonely thing. Yes, you absolutely. Know? Mm-hmm. So what's been the benefit for you in that? Um, again, we recently moved to a new town, and so I'm still looking for You're that group that. of moms. Yes, yeah. but someone who has been an absolute lifesaver for me is my older sister, Allery. Mm. So she lives um, about three and a half hours away, but she has two kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And she's been my biggest mentor, my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. Um, and we FaceTime every day because she's a stay-at-home mom as well. Oh, nice. And so having her there has been 
Like I can't everything. Even, yeah, everything. Yeah. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and she encourages me probably on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, to look for a mom's group. And if I can't find a mom's group, she says, Arian, get your butt out there and make a mom's group. Because <laughs> yeah. if yeah. there's not one out there right now that you know of, that you're not the only mom who's craving that authentic friendship um, and getting to know each other better. Like we yeah. are made for community. Get right. your butt out there right. and make a group and you won't even won't only bless yourself. You're going to bless so many people along the way. Did you anticipate the loneliness that you kind of would experience when, when Cass and Peter was born? Mm-mm, no, I, so it took you by surprise. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of kicked my butt for a while. Really? Yes. Oh man. Um, it was so good. And I've never been more sure of anything in my life that I was supposed to marry Cassin, like complete freedom there. Never been more sure that the Lord blessed us with Cass and Peter right away for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I've never been more sure that I'm called to be a stay at home mom. And so I was sitting there literally living this dream life, but that I've been desiring for so long and struggling with so much with loneliness and sadness and just confusion in that, you know, Mm -hmm. having no idea, Jesus, you call me to be here. Why do I feel this way? Could you Um, name it? Do you know why? Do you know why you felt that way? I think... I think it was just new and hormones, honestly. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I didn't notice it at the time. Now looking back at it, it's just, I'm so much more aware of it. But I honestly didn't realize what was going on until I was no longer in that in that situation anymore, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, so learning- Do you feel like postpartum depression was a real like contributor in that? Yeah, and I, I just didn't know. I had The baby mul- blues mm-hmm. and yeah. A big part of it. Um, and then also transitioning from being a full-time missionary where, where it was literally my job to be friends with people and talk about Jesus yeah. to yeah. being alone at home yeah. with a little boy who, who doesn't talk back. Yeah, he doesn't. I talked to him all day and he has started talking back a As little bit. As a parent of a now. toddler, enjoy yeah. the not talking back face right now. But <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But that's a real thing because you were so used to having those friendships. And, mm-hmm. and okay, I want to go back um, really quick to to you sharing just about like the postpartum phase and baby blues, because I think that that's something that so many moms experience. Um, and, and I think, you know, husbands, like if you're listening to this to really be attentive to that in your wife, or if you're a grandparent and you're listening, you know, like really be watching because I I have a friend that, that was, um, that was struggling. And to be honest, I was a little bit offended because I'm like, okay, she's not responding to my messages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's just blah, 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 blah. And, and my husband actually challenged me and was like, Em, I think she's struggling. And oh. I was like, oh my gosh, duh, <laughs> duh. Yeah. You know, so then I just, I, I sent her a message and said, I'm bringing lunch. I'll be there at noon. I knew she was home with a brand new baby. Yes. So, um, so, I just, so I just went, so you know, good. Yeah. and like, it was so good. Cause I think my temptation was to be like, okay, I'll just ask her do you want me to come over or like, do you need anything? And I, and I think that's the worst question sometimes. Like when people ask me that, I'm like, I don't know what I need. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I need things, but I don't, I can't even name them right now. And so I think, yeah, it was just, it was, I think my mom actually gave me that, that advice. She was like, do not message her and say, Hey, do you need anything? I'm here for you or whatever. Just say, I'll be there at noon. You know, great idea. You know, yes. no, and it just so was like, great. oh, dang, such good advice. Yes. Because yeah, I, like, and I, I just, I'm so grateful that you shared that because I think that's a really common experience yeah. um, in families, and it's like it's just part of being human, mm-hmm. you know. And yes. I think uh, sometimes we can start to feel a little bit of shame of like, 
I should be so excited. I should be like crushing it and, you know, having my house look absolutely beautiful yeah. and these like perfectly swaddled new baby photos on my phone. And yes. in reality, I'm covered in spit up. I haven't showered in three days. Mm-hmm. I, my body aches, yes. you know, like that was a big thing for me. It was like, I hurt so bad. Yes. I can't even, I can't even like tell you, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I just, I think more of an honest conversation about that. And for some, some women, postpartum is like a breeze, yes. you know, like for some of them, it's super easy and it's nuts how it's so different it's for not, everyone. It's nuts. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. So how have you, 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 you FaceTime with your sister every day. Mm-hmm. What are some other ways that you've kind of started to combat, um, some of that just natural social social isolation especially in the winter time yes uh you know we're here we're in the we're in the midwest we're in south dakota and it's like zero <laughs> negative, negative 20 50, all the time <laughs> yeah negative fifty thousand. not good all winter so taking babies out is really hard yeah so how else have you combated that um something that was huge for me kind of like what you said just for husbands to be aware of it was Cass and talking to me saying Erin, if you aren't feeling like yourself, if you aren't feeling happy, if you're struggling with this loneliness, what's missing? And like, what can you do to just help yourself with that? Mm. Um, And something that was big for me um, was actually deciding to start a little business. Oh, Um, yeah. So I am a Rodan and Fields consultant. I sell skincare. Um, And at first, the idea of that, I was like, no, absolutely not. Like, that sounds crazy. Like, that's just not my thing. Um, But having the idea in my mind that I could still, I would have a reason to continue growing in personal development. Mm -hmm. I would have goals that I could set and then run for them. Um, And then having a community of women that were supporting me to push myself to reach these goals um, was huge for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I have like a built-in community online, which sounds super cheesy, but in this day and age. No, I think it's real. It's so real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that's been huge for me with social media too, just realizing that it can be a light and can be a blessing. Um, so that was huge for me, just finding something. Cassin worded it in a really good way, finding something that is just for me and not feeling guilty um, that I can do more than just be a stay-at-home mom. My job when I'm with Cass and Peter is to be the best mom I can possibly be. But there's a lot of times during the day that for his personal growth, he needs to play alone. Yeah. There's he like needs to have a minute. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. He's an introverted baby. I'm not even kidding. Oh yeah. You, okay. Um, we need to like talk about how you yeah. can see personalities come out in kids early on. Anyway, yeah. continue. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then there's times where he takes naps. And during those times, I get to fill it now with personal development to help me with my business. I get to reach out to other women who have asked me questions about skincare. Um, and like help other women grow in confidence, which Mm -hmm. has just been huge for me because I desire that so much just to have a community of women that I can love and encourage and support and have it, um, given right back to me. Yeah. Um, so for any moms out there that might be experiencing the same thing, um, whether it's something in direct sales or not, just finding something that gives you life and diving into it was a game changer for me. Yeah. And it was Cass and you know, kind of giving me a nudge that naming that for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Husbands are so good in that way. Like so they can good. see, and I think kind of call things out in us, mm-hmm. you know, at least, you know, that's Matt for me. Like yes. he can just kind of call me on things yes. um, sometimes that I really need to be challenged mm-hmm. on. You know? Okay. I want to come back to the social media thing, but first, um, I, I think what you're articulating is such a good example of authentic self care. 
Um, I, to me, it seems a little bit like this idea of self, of self-care, which has like, it's become like a, it's a, it's a hashtag now that's trending, trending, you know, (laughs) um, like it's this big, it's this big thing. And, and I think sometimes like it's actually really misunderstood and can become too far the other way of, um, it becoming actually very just like selfish, Mm -hmm. you know, like no longer is it self-care. It's just selfish. Yes. Like I'm going to go on a, you know a girl's weekend for three days and like, and, and it's almost this like misuse of freedom. Yes. Um, so, so how do you like, how do you come to understand really authentic self care and like the, the beauty of investing in yourself because you matter like, and, and, you know, taking care of your skin and drinking water and all, you know what I mean? Like all yes. of those things, like how did you kind of, um, come to that? Um, Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a battle of push and pull where when you're desiring to take care of yourself, it's very, very easy to turn inward and become selfish about it. Um, Because when you take care of yourself, it's not, I guess it's not turning outward so much, but authentically, I don't know. That's so. Yeah, yeah. I I think for me, like the thing that's coming to my mind is like, um, it actually should lead me back into the places that I am to be, if that makes sense. So good. like self-care that starts to pull me away more and more and more from my family or whatever. So like a good example for me, I recognize that like there was a time where self-care for me, quote, looked like, okay, I just need to like watch a show by myself. Like I watched a lot of episodes of Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. for like two months. <laughs> And, and I, and I started to recognize and I was like kind of doing it under the auspice of self-care, but then I was like finding myself, I would rather watch Gilmore girls than hang out with my girls or I would rather, you know, watch a show than like in, in, um, I don't know, like have a, a glass of wine by the fire with my husband or whatever, you know, I can't think of a good example, but, um, it started to pull me away. Yes. Whereas like self-care, like, um, writing like I've I've recently learned Mm. that like I really love to write and like taking a half an hour to like write a little article or um you know share a story on social media or whatever it brings me to life and then I can like write close it and it actually leads me back to like wanting to be in the places that I meant to be yeah you know what I mean absolutely and then it's like it's life it's life giving yeah Yeah. so sucking the life out of like yeah I can absolutely relate and that example was so good yeah Um, yeah and but I think it requires a lot of self-awareness to like yes. kind of come to those places. Cause like I said, it was like two months that I was like spending all this time watching Gilmore Girls and yes. not even aware of how much it was actually really not giving me life mm-hmm. and not nothing against Gilmore Girls. I think it's, I it's think it's fabulous. Show, yes. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like kind of to figure out how do I leisure? It really, it's like the heart of leisure, the mm-hmm. art of leisure, excuse me. Like how do yes. I really leisure well in a way that um, allows me to be a better mom, dad, daughter, son, worker, husband, wife, et cetera. You know, like it just changes the whole conversation. Um, okay. One more thing about, I want to go back to the social media thing. Okay. One more question about that. How do you keep from kind of getting like sucked in for lack of a better word to the social media chaos? You know, there's a lot of like, I experienced just uh, two weeks ago for the first time I experienced like a, a comparison mm-hmm. in social media. And I was like, Whoa, where's it? Where is this coming from? Like, this is new. I need to like check myself and 
whatever. And like, yeah, thank, thank God. I think he kind of like healed it and, and yes. like allowed me to name it. And, and yes. it was like, okay. And then I like literally went and like cheered the person on. Cause I was like, you're awesome. And that was like my way of like combating. Way to go. Thank you. It took a minute. It yeah. took a minute. I'm gonna be honest. Um, so how do you combat that? How do you like engage in social media in a way? Cause I know, I know you've said before, like it can breathe so much light yes. and goodness into the world and it can actually reveal more about the human person and who we are and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How do you approach it in that way? Yeah, I believe that so strongly, but I feel like the reason I believe it is because I have failed in it so many times. Mm, yeah. um, so the word you use for social media, how it can be chaotic, I yeah. think that's like spot on. Yeah. Chaotic and then comparison. Um, so I actually went through a phase where I completely deleted all of my social media after I had my conversion in college because I just couldn't handle, handle it. it. Yeah, yeah. So much comparison and so much negativity that every time I got on it and felt- God became the most important thing to you. And that right. wasn't speaking Get truth into who here. you were. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, yep. And it just so much temptation and so much negativity that in my mind, that's all social media was. That if anyone else had social media on their phone, I didn't understand how you could be holy and have social media Dang. or desiring yeah. to have a relationship with Jesus and have social media. And I'm I'm sure I've probably told multiple friends that you should just delete all of that. Like that is not good for your life. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah. it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. projecting so many of my feelings and my wounds onto them and people yeah. around me. Yeah. Um, but then when I got to a point of Cass and I were married and we had just found out we were pregnant with Cass and Peter and there were so many people that I had lost connections with so so many family members that live far away that I was like, you know what, I'm going to get Instagram back. I'm going to leave everything else out, but I want to get this back um, to start connecting with people. Sure. And almost immediately I noticed, you know, that comparison starting to creep back in or mindlessly scrolling Um but it's been so good for me to realize that social media itself is not a bad thing. It's actually me that's the problem. Sorry, continue. Right. Go no, ahead. Go so ahead. true. Yeah. And yeah. social media gets such a bad reputation, and I 100% understand why. But social media in itself is not an evil. And that's something that's been so huge for me is when I'm on social media now, I try so hard to be intentional. I follow people that are uplifting, that are positive, yeah. that I can connect with. Um, that bring me life, that bring me value. And I try as hard as I can to do that same thing. Like my idea with social media is that it can be such a light and such a positive thing. And I have found that so much to be true now in motherhood and in being a wife, that Mm -hmm. there are so many women out there that are gifted with words like you that are gifted in storytelling and are on their stories that I can during Cass and Peter's nap time or something, for example, I can be on my phone and watching a story and be like crying and laughing and Um, being uplifted in that. And for a long time, that made me kind of feel pathetic that I didn't have someone right in front of me doing Mm. that or like having friends I could go out. But that mom you were watching didn't either. Right. And maybe couldn't because her kid was napping or whatever. Exactly. And, And so just getting that stuck in my head that social media is not evil. It's what we do with it that can make it evil. And trust me, like, Girlfriend, I know there is so much negativity and evil on social media, but that doesn't mean that you need to interact with it. Yeah, yeah. Preach. Yeah. Preach, girl. Yeah, that's so true. That's yeah. so true. Not easy. I yeah. still fall into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. And I think good. like a little step away from that helps then. Like if yeah. I start to kind of, yeah, realize that I may be depending too much mm-hmm. or like getting too concerned about yes. uh, other other people or whatever in a negative, unhealthy way, mm-hmm. like taking a step back is, yeah, it's so good. Yes. It's so good. Okay. Will you share your handle? If people want to follow along with you in your adventure, what's your Instagram handle? Um, Just my first and last name. Arian Dennison. Arian Dennison. Okay. Um, I want to end every show with 
a question that you're pondering. This is a a podcast with more questions than answers because I really think that um, asking big questions, little questions, funny questions, silly questions (laughs) uh, can help us to grow and to reveal, yeah, just more of uh, of who we are as humans. So I want to know what is a question that you have been pondering lately? I love that. And I think the first thing that popped in my head, kind of staying on the lines of social media, honestly, because it's something that I do struggle with moderation with it all the time, especially since, you know, my business is like 95% online. Yeah. Um, but this has been piercing my heart so much recently and calling me to deeper self-awareness. Um, is the action that I'm about to take right now a want to escape my present reality? Mm. And I guess what I, what I mean by that is you know, when I'm playing on the floor with Cass and Peter and I've read him his favorite book five times in a row and I'm just kind of over it. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking I'm bored right yeah. now. Yeah. Taking a step back and asking, okay, so right now I could read him his book again, which he is loving and it's helping him develop. And I know it's so good for him. Or I could distract him. I could flip on the TV really quick, throw on some, you know, Thomas Rhett YouTube videos for some reason. You know, that's just Cass and Peter's thing right now. <laughs> He's it. super into that. <laughs> um, but if I do that, is that a desire to escape? my present reality. Mm. Um, something that Cass and I talk a lot about is how boredom is a manifestation of selfishness. Um, can you say that again? Yeah. Boredom is a manifestation of selfishness. Mm. You know, I said this earlier, if I truly believe that I'm called to be a wife and I'm called to be a stay at home mom, everything that I do should be pouring into Cass and Peter. My, my main job should be loving him. And when I think about that, I get goosebumps all over because I know it's what I was created to do. So when I'm sitting there and I say, man, I'm bored. I'm forgetting what my purpose is in this life, which is to get, you know, myself, my husband, my son to heaven. Um, When I'm saying I'm bored and I take that step back and again, I just say, am I desiring to escape my present reality out of boredom, out of selfishness? And 95% of the time, the answer is yes. And that's able to get me back into the mindset of, wow, Mm -hmm. like how incredibly, incredibly blessed I am to be married, to have a son and that I get to stay home with him if I believe that's what my true purpose is. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. So well, that's an awesome question to be asking yourself over and over and over again. I think that's so good and definitely one that I'm going to start because I, I recognize that in myself too. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you, listeners, you can ask yourself that question as well. Again, you can follow along with Arianne Dennison at Arianne Dennison on Instagram. She would love to have you join her in that community. She's just such a light in social media and such a light kind of in that world. Uh, but also follow us at SF Diocese or uh, you can find me personally, Emily M. Leadum. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Arianne. Please like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment, send us an email. Um, someday I'll give you my email. I don't know if I'm ready for all your <laughs> feedback yet, um, but we would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening and have an awesome day. 